You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Into the Wind. Hello my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me today to hear more from God's Word, the Bible. Have you ever noticed that car doors are no longer fitted with those little rubber strips running lengthwise along the door? They had a very good purpose in preventing car doors being dented when, like in a supermarket car park, where someone parks next to you and the occupants allow their doors to hit yours, causing a dent. I've found it a wise practice when parking in such places to park into the wind. That way the wind pushes the door closed rather than open. But this program is not about parking your car. It's about the consequences of certain habits. In making promises in order to win votes for the Australian 2019 federal elections, one of the main party leaders promised to give $400 million to help reduce the incidence of cancer. When I heard about this, I was not very excited about it and said to my wife, they're starting at the wrong end. It's a similar situation to what happens with parking cars. It's all very well to pay to have the car doors repainted, but there is a far better solution. That is to park facing the wind, so the car doors do not get forced into an adjacent parked car, or yours for that matter. With the cash for cancer promise, handing out large quantities of money to patch up people who already have cancer will hardly achieve much. It's not necessary to pay for more drugs, more research, more advertising campaigns. The cure for cancer is already known, but receives very little publicity. A far better way of lowering the cancer rate is to prevent it happening in the first place, like parking into the wind prevents body damage to cars. Similarly, to lower the rate of diabetes, what is needed is not more drugs or more research. The answer already exists. What is needed is a lifestyle change. Good or bad health is determined largely by diet, habits and exercise. If people could be convinced to change their lifestyle, there would be a far lower incidence of obesity and overweightedness with a consequent reduction in diabetes and many other lifestyle diseases. What is needed to reduce the incidence of cancer, heart disease, arteriosclerosis, uh, stroke and immune diseases is so simple, yet so hard. Change the lifestyle and the cost for the national health system would be dramatically reduced. 
There have been some moves in the right direction, such as increasing increasing taxes on tobacco products, quit smoking campaigns, ban on alcohol advertising, and warnings about driving while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. These measures are helpful, but have not had a huge effect on the health of our population. One of the problems, as pointed out in the book The China Study by Dr T. Colin Campbell, is that the best remedies cost very little. However, when there's no money to be made, those measures are often overlooked. On the other hand, a lot of foodstuff that's advertised is unhealthy and by promoting it, the companies or corporations usually make a lot of money. Just notice what food or drink items are advertised on television, especially during children's program time. Advertising moguls know that if they can get children to consume their unhealthy products, they will be able to sell similar stuff to those same children when they become adults. The national trend here in Australia, as well as with many Western countries, is poorer health, combined with the widely accepted idea that there exists some pill or medicine that will fix or stabilise the problem. Instead of realising that what is most needed is a change of lifestyle, many people go to their doctor believing that he or she can prescribe a magic pill that will make everything all right. Sorry, no, it doesn't work that way. What is desperately needed to avoid bad health is lifestyle change. So what commonly practised habits are identifiable factors leading to bad health? Well, smoking, consumption of drugs, drinking alcohol, insufficient exercise, insufficient sleep, high sugar consumption, high consumption of fats, especially animal fats, high consumption of animal products including meat, dairy products and eggs, use of stimulants such as caffeine, insufficient intake of vitamins and minerals in the diet, all these are factors that lead to bad health. A fairly typical breakfast in Australia and many Western countries is a piece of toast with some butter and some spread of some sort, or maybe bacon and eggs, or possibly sausages and eggs washed down with a cup of coffee. That is not a very healthy breakfast. Often, lunch and dinner will include, as the main part, some sort of meat, like steak, for example. My wife and I, along with 11% of other Australians, are vegetarians. 
and along with those two and a half million others, we have difficulty in finding suitable food to eat when we go out to a restaurant for a meal. Now that says something. That is that the majority of people living in this country are eating foods that are not the best for them. As I see it, plenty of people know what they should be eating but are not willing to make the necessary changes. What they're used to is what they like and to shift to a different type of diet is not easy. I have a young friend who recognised that he was overweight, overstressed and under-exercised and he decided that he needed to make some lifestyle changes. He decided to drink less alcohol, to exercise more, to quit smoking, and that wasn't easy for him, and to eat vegetarian meals. As a result, he lost weight, felt much better, and looked much better. One problem was that the vegetarian foods he ate were fairly bland in taste compared to the rich, fatty meats he ate formerly. He kept up his vegetarian eating for about two years, but alas for him, he's fallen back to his former ways. And here we can identify a problem. Although plant-based foods are recommended for a healthy diet, they may seem less tasty, especially when someone comes off a carnivorous-type diet. In my own life, I was brought up on an omnivorous diet and added sweetener, usually sugar, to my breakfast cereals and to hot drinks. One might say that I had a sweet tooth. As an adult, I found that often my teeth felt to be on edge and I identified that the problem lay in sweet drinks and adding sugar to cereals. I decided to completely quit having sweet drinks and not to add sweetener of any kind to breakfast cereals. So what's happened? Well, now I find that so many foods are naturally sweet and that my taste buds seem to have changed to the degree that I have no interest in drinking sweet drinks and have no desire to add sweetener to cereals. My taste has changed. I can taste foods for what they naturally are and I do not need to add sweeteners, spices or condiments to kick up the taste. When I was about 15 years old, I attended a lecture about health reform, about how to be healthy. At that time, I thought to myself, it's my body, I'll do what's best for it. And I made the decision then to become a vegetarian. You know, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. And now that I'm older, I can see and feel the benefits. Because I hold a heavy vehicle's driver's licence, 
Each year I'm required to take a medical check to see if I'm fit to hold that licence. The doctor is required to ask questions and do tests and is so surprised that I don't have any lifestyle diseases that others of my age often have. He's surprised that I don't take any medications and has expressed his surprise that I'm in such good health. Although this might sound like boasting, it probably is a bit, I look at it this way. I made the choice to do the best I could when I was young, and that choice has paid off. Friends, it is never too late to change. You may be older, but your body will respond to an improved diet, minimising or eliminating animal products, and maximising plant-based foods in your diet. If you're someone who would like to improve your health, a simple dietary change can make a huge difference, give you more energy, and make you feel better than you ever thought possible. You are what you eat and drink. If you eat junk food, don't expect to have good health. Just as with a motor vehicle, if you put low-grade tyres on it, the handling of the vehicle will be adversely affected and may let you down when you least expect it to happen. Well, we're going to stop here and go on straight afterwards and I have some very good advice to share with you today. If you've ever wondered When you pray at night If it makes a difference If it sets things right Every time you say your prayers Whispered in the dark Somewhere deep inside you Just know with all your heart As sure as God's in heaven There's someone who cares And somebody's listening When you say your prayers A prayer can be can be a wish A prayer can say I'm sorry Like a hug or like a kiss It doesn't have to be just right God hears you loud and clear As long as it comes from your heart It goes right to His ears As sure as God in heaven there's someone who cares and somebody's listening when you say your prayers mm. 
Everybody's listening When you say your prayers Just know somebody's listening When you say your prayers Well, there was some good advice in that song too. Recently, I received a health sheet from a health educator with the email address designedforhealth at bigpond.com. I'll just go through that again slowly. Designed, then a number four, health at bigpond.com. And this sheet was outlining ten ways to keep a healthy balance in the body, mind, and spirit. Those ten ways could be summarized by the acronym JUMP INTO HEALTH. The first is about joyful sunshine. Of course, one needs to avoid being outside in the sunshine during extreme heat, and you need to avoid prolonged exposure to the sun, because that's dangerous and may cause sunburn or even worse, melanoma, which is a deadly form of cancer. Sunshine falling on the skin produces vitamin D, an essential vitamin. Extreme lack of vitamin D causes rickets, where bones don't harden properly. Sunshine also has a psychological effect, improving one's moods. The second is about unpolluted air. Fresh air is best. At one time during my student days, I worked on an apple orchard in Paracombe in the Adelaide Hills. One day, I borrowed a bicycle with the intention of visiting some relatives at Salisbury. As I rode down the hills nearing the city, I noticed a change in the air. It smelled stale. I was used to clean country air. Probably the cleanest air is at sea or in the country, especially near the sea. Although you may live in the city, it's wise to open your windows and curtains and let sunshine and fresh air flood your room. The third thing is about moderation and balance, otherwise known as temperance. To avoid consuming and doing what is bad for you and use moderately what is good for you is the best practice. The fourth recommendation for good health is to consume plant-based foods. In Australia, it's fairly easy to obtain fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. To eat a variety of such foods is not only health-promoting, but at the same time these foods may prevent many lifestyle diseases such as cancer. Just like fresh air is best, 
Fresh foods are best. Avoid fast foods, refined foods and processed foods. Obtain raw foods to eat it and to eat it in its raw state. But if it needs to be cooked, prepare and cook it at home. The fifth recommendation is to have enough healing rest. When we rest, just like, say, with a computer, there is a time to reset. Too little rest leads to bad moods and bad coordination. The recommended daily amount of rest for an average adult is seven to eight hours, more for teenagers. But there are ways to improve one's rest. One is to avoid looking at a screen, such as TV, computer, tablet, etc., no later than one hour before going to bed. Another is to avoid any excitement or stress before retiring for the night. Wind down. Don't eat late. Don't have vigorous exercise just before bedtime. Don't drink stimulating drinks like coffee before you intend to sleep. By following these recommendations, you're more likely to sleep better. Recommendation six is to enjoy an evidence-based faith. Faith is not to be a blind belief. God has given enough evidence in nature and his word, the Bible, for us to have an intelligent belief in his existence and of his love for us. To have such a faith allows one to realise that we're not alone in this oftentimes hostile world because there is someone whom we can trust who really cares for us. Number seven is about activity and regular exercise. If you have a very demanding sedentary job, you will need to find something whereby you can exercise, walk, run, work out or whatever suits you. Otherwise you'll grow lazy, gain weight and lose your good health. Besides that, Exercise produces endorphins, chemicals that make you feel good. What about when one grows old and less agile? Well, you still need to exercise. Old age is no excuse to shut down. Keep going. Push yourself. Old age does not mean you have to deteriorate in mind and body. Keep going, whatever you do. Now, number eight is about water, on both outside and inside. By water, I mean water, not coffee or tea, not cordials, alcohol, milk drinks or soft drinks, just water. Our bodies need water. Water cleanses and replaces fluids essential to our cellular makeup. Avoid drinking with meals as that dilutes the food-digesting acid in our digestive systems. But make sure you have plenty of water each day. My personal practice is to drink a glass of water first thing when I get up in the morning 
and the last thing before going to bed at night with more water during the day. Number nine is about developing trusting relationships. If your life is connected to someone whom you can trust, that connection is a health-boosting relationship. Even better is to trust yourself, knowing that what you do is good, pure and right. A guilty conscience is a health deterrent. That trusting relationship may be with other people, but it's especially good when you're in a trusting relationship with God, knowing that He has your best interests at heart. To be able to forgive someone who's wronged you and to not hold grudges is also another wonderful way to sustain good health. Number 10 is about hygiene and cleanliness. To be clean and tidy creates an environment where harmful germs and bacteria are less likely to proliferate. This applies to our own, our own bodies and the environment in which we live. There is an old saying which says, cleanliness is next to godliness. This certainly applies and is seen in many cases especially where primitive societies live. There it is noticeable that many pagan villages are dirty with pigs running around and defecating, whereas in villages where people understand the Christian gospel, those environments are more tidy and the villages much more healthy. Good health involves the whole person, body, mind and spirit. If one is emotionally upset, that will affect the body. If the body is not functioning properly, that will affect one's feelings, will, and mental processes. That's why good health is so important. So, instead of parking with the wind behind with your car, where damage can occur, we owe it to ourselves to function as well as possible. $400 million for cancer sounds like a political ploy to me. It sounds generous, good and noble, but it's like parking your car with the back to the wind. Prevention is better than cure, and it costs so much less. Why don't you take charge of your life? Become proactive prevent bad health, and instead of being reactive, where you only silk, uh, seek help when things have already gone wrong, you can make a difference by not getting sick in the first place. Well, that's it for today. Join me next week, if you can, for another program in Give Me the Bible. <laughs> 